this is Contra Radio from Contra.Scot. Welcome back to Church Dear Parishioners for the first Sunday Sermon of 2023. I hope you all had a relaxing and holy Christmas season and right back into the fray. The present wars of the celebrities, Harry and Meghan versus Wills and Kate, Andrew Tate versus Greta Thunberg, Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard, and so many more represent both the culmination and a qualitative shift in the story of celebrity culture. That cult is ubiquitous, and so we are wont to think of it as natural and timeless. Scholars sometimes date it to the late 19th century, but its mature and pervasive form is younger. It didn't take full flight until the countercultures of the 1960s and 70s promoted a new youth, with images drawn largely from the worlds of music, fashion and cinema. The cult proved so attractive and so marketable that by the 1990s it had exploded far beyond these industries. Around the turn of the millennium, people wanted to see the common man and woman on the screen, first for the novelty, the amusing juxtaposition of the everyday exalted onto the enchanted mirror usually reserved for the wealthy and powerful, and then, in an orgy of frustrated narcissism, for the chance to destroy the chosen lamb. Who remembers poor Jade Goody? The dates of her own bizarre celebrity cult neatly bookended a now-forgotten era in British politics. She found fame in the quintessential reality TV programme, Big Brother, in 2002. Upon leaving the house, she deftly turned her relatable working-class image into a string of celebrity-endorsed products and business ventures as though to prove New Labour's message of a new Britain, its snobberies and old hierarchies forgotten. These were the days in the dying light of the 1997 victory, before war and financial collapse consigned them to a distant past. Goody's fandom began to grate, particularly upon the middle classes. What had this person done to deserve wealth and notoriety? Is this really the modern, classless Britain promised by the prophets of New Labour? Blair himself had said workers would all become, indeed were already becoming, middle class. Instead, British culture post-Britpop was being proletarianised. Elgar and cricket greens were out, lager, body jokes and regional slang were in. The malcontents finally got their revenge when Goody returned to feature in Celebrity Big Brother in 2007. It was supposed to be a statement on behalf of the reality TV industry, their own homegrown celebrity product, fit to join pop stars and film directors. But when she called Bollywood actress Shilpa Shetty Shilpa Poppadom, the axe fell on Goody and took Naughty's DIY celebrity culture with it. Predictably, Ratings for Celebrity Big Brother actually boomed by millions after the lurid incident. But the authorities had had enough of the spectacle. Ofcom cracked down. Channel 4 abandoned the production company and the franchise. The police launched an investigation and a cornered Channel 4 deployed its lawyers, refusing to cooperate. They were all saved, apart from the blonde one in S Club 7 who was vaporised in the blast radius, when the Crown Prosecution Service, then headed by one Keir Starmer QC, intervened to declare that while the events were offensive, no crime had been committed. 
a potentially bruising intra-establishment punch-up had been averted. When Jade Goody died from cancer two years later, still trying to recover her celebrity career, then Prime Minister Gordon Brown felt the need to eulogise her. He had bigger beasts to wrestle with in the form of the financial crisis. But Jade had been a figure identified with his years of experimentation in low social mobility, high media exposure modernisation. In fact, he'd been carrying her around in his shoe for years. When still Chancellor during the 2007 scandal, his vital trade talks with a rising India had been interrupted when nationalists, who would storm to power in the next few years, burned her image in effigy. Upon touching down in India, the Chancellor of the old imperial power had been mobbed by journalists seeking his bemused reaction. The fusion of celebrity and political life had already reached this strange juncture. In one sense, it was the end of an era, and for a short time the celebrity cult seemed purged, as though by a bout of bulimia after the binge of the late 2000s junk food. For a time, the ethos prevailed that celebrity was tawdry, fame fleeting, and private life sacred. This impression of a becammed celebrity cult stayed with me, such that I was caught napping when massed ranks of thousands of celebrities suddenly appeared as political avatars from the mid-2010s. I'm struck by the way these personalities and their conflicts with each other are presented as beyond relevant, somehow hyper-real, even more political than the official sphere of politics. In the world of both the new and old medias, the symbolism of the death match as celebrities joust to sink one another's careers is taken very seriously. I dare say, at one time or another, we have all invested real emotion or projected real political efficacy onto a public celebrity spat. If you see yourself, as you should, as above the self-indulgent back and forth between California and London in the case of the split royal family, do you concede when someone says they think the affair has actually highlighted serious issues around racism or mental health? Perhaps you resisted that particular bit of moralism, So let's turn the dial up a bit. Did you resist the strange aura of hyper-reality as it manifested around the Depp Hard trial? According to some, it was a true litmus of society's views on male violence towards women. All the good work of Me Too, we were told, was being undone by the institutional failure of the courts and the media. Yet, at the distance of just a few years, who today really thinks Me Too achieved much? the only evidence that the most sensational political celebrity culture product of all time ever even existed is a few swollen bank accounts for the magazine owners, YouTubers and human resource grifters. With no evidence that celebrity deathmatch actually results in meaningful social change, do we remain enthralled? As celebrity culture mutated into the later 20th and early 21st centuries, it both reflected and enhanced the decline of traditional figures of authority. Churchmen, aristocrats, bankers and generals, the old political and civil service classes, in some the traditional patriarchy, drew symbolic power from their sheer remoteness. This proved little match for the new cult, with its potent symbolic cocktail. The ideal celebrity is remote enough in status, beauty and riches to provoke desire, but relatable and close enough to our own experience to become a repository for our own fantastic projections. On some astral plane we live alongside them, share tastes in music and clothes, 
embrace or reject their proposed moral and political standards. They are us, but more so. What has become clear from the recent years of political upheaval, with the rise of a new breed of celebrity politicians, is that these energies have re-enchanted politics. Trump, Bolsonaro, Bani, Modi, Tsipras, Corbyn, Boris, Sturgeon, Macron, in different ways, to different audiences, but in a familiar mode, all these political figures are adopted by their fandoms as avatars. They are anti-politicians, unlike the traditional elite in the eyes of their supporters, not wholly or even mainly because of policy proposals, but because of the parasociality they share with their audience. They are with us and of us, in some sense, not our leaders seeking to organise us for political action. Indeed, we mainly interact with them by simply watching, looking on as they score goals against our enemies in various very real and half-imagined establishments. When they do well, we make as much noise as possible. When they do badly, we spin for them or rage against the media and other shady actors who have conspired against them. The reasons for this are not arbitrary. People are never simply brainwashed by TV or TikTok to see everything as a celebrity spat. Class relations have changed. The political class firmly rooted in an articulated civil society, with mass parties, trade unions, cooperative societies and churches, is dying or dead. No true patriarchs can grow in today's mineral-poor social soil. That's why our politicians are fragile and their programmes so barren of meaningful content. So even if we all finally get sick of the royals or Hollywood's off-screen dramas, if we once again vomit out our celebrity-rich popular culture, something of their cult will live on. Our politicians, like the stars of reality TV, could be us, but more so. Want more like this? Subscribe to Contra Radio on our SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up to our regular newsletter at contour.substack.com and find great articles and more at contour.scot. We really rely on listeners like you to help us grow. In return, you get access to exclusive content and events by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash contourscot.com.